Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Check it out if you want the ultimate and training for commercial agents. Uh, companies all over the world uh, download these uh, cloud access video training and, and do it. have them in their sales meetings. They love them. If you want to learn more, visit CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Well, I'm excited about the show today. You know, um, single tenant net lease investment properties are a very popular uh, property type around the, the U.S. and around the world, especially when markets are a little more volatile, right? When there's a little bit of a dip in the economy, we've really seen the single tenant net lease property uh, can really stay uh, popular, right? And so, but there's still a lot of curiosity uh, today. Here we are at the end of January, beginning of February, 2023. Obviously in the last six or seven months, we've had severe increases in the interest rates. But what's happened to cap rates in the single tenant net lease investment world? Where are we on, on lenders? Do lenders still like single tenant net lease properties? What kind of terms are they doing there? And what should we expect moving forward. Well, please welcome my guest. It's Nancy Miller. Nancy is president of the Single Tenant Net Lease Investment Group at Bull Realty. Nancy, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Michael. Good to be here. And I like to start with the elephant and the room, right? <laughs> that, that everybody's like, what pricing discovery these days. So what what are you seeing for the difference in cap rates on properties that are closing today, you know, now that we're in 2023, compared to say a year ago when interest rates were, were really, what, 400 basis points seems like lower. Right, we're decidedly seeing a difference. Last mm -hmm. year at this time, cap rates might have been between, depending on the property, between five and 6%, depending on the tenant. And this year we might see something starting to go closing at five and a half to six and a half percent. So you have a range, but clearly it's it's gone up yeah. for sure. Yeah, so can you give us some specific examples of some tenant properties that maybe sold a year ago and if that, that prop, same property, same tenant sold today, what the cap rate difference might be? Absolutely. Uh, one example would be these new family dollar Dollar Tree combo stores. They were uh, trading in the high fours, low fives. Now we're seeing them trade in the high fives to mid sixes. Um, so there's been a dramatic uh, increase in cap rate, I think. There are so many out there and also investor tolerance to interest rates is playing into that as well. Yeah. What about financing on these, Nancy? So what uh, uh, loan might have been able to secure in January of 2022 and then now in 2023? Well, one thing, I have a client that uh, was almost on the doorstep of the lender last year because he needed to close within four days to protect his 3.5% interest rate on a, uh, it was a family dollar. If I were to close on that same uh, property right now, if I'm lucky, it'll be somewhere between five and a half and six percent in interest rate, and it will also depend on the loan to value. Um, right now, I might to get 
an interest rate that I want have to put do a 60% loan to value or put 40% down. Last year at this time, it would have easily been a 70% LTV or loan to value. So it's really shifted a lot. That's interesting. So in that example, uh, I may have gotten a 70% loan at 3.5% mm-hmm. January last year, and now I might have to do 60% at 6%. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's interesting. And then you mentioned some of these cap rates are actually um, still a little lower than 6 in some cases. So yeah. are some buyers actually uh, doing financing with negative leverage, meaning their cap rate on their property is, is lower than their finance rate? Uh, it's it possible that will happen. Mm-hmm. Most buyers will sit back and not want to do that mm-hmm. unless um, it's a property that will have a lot of near-term rent increases that will get them out of negative leverage. But what I'm seeing more uh, buyers do is putting more cash down so at least they have some level of cash flow from the get-go. Yeah. And I think some of the listeners and viewers might find that the change in cap rates that we're talking about don't seem significant enough. If interest rates are, you know, three hundred basis points higher on the loan, mm-hmm. you know, they they might think, what do you say to people say, well, shouldn't the cap rate be 300 basis points higher? Mm-hmm. Uh, why uh, are single tenant net lease investment properties not immune, but why, why are they so stable in a mark in a down market? Well, um, that's that's an interesting question. And the investors in them want that long term stability and they want the ease of ownership. So they're going to for the near term they're going to tolerate a little bit lower cap rate for the long term of having a property that they don't have to worry about. Um, and some of them are um, you know, doing very well with that. And in recent years, when people have sold properties, the market is so unusual that they have bought something at a fairly low cap rate and turn around and they're able to sell it at a fairly low, fairly low cap rate and collect the rent all along the way as well. Yeah, interesting. So for properties on the market right now as we speak, um, what's the inventory like compared to a year ago? Interesting question as well. Um, I did some preparation for the show, Michael, and in doing that, uh, we've noticed that there are far fewer transactions that have been sold year over year. And right now, supply and demand is very, very interesting. Our supply side of available properties is probably down 15% or more year over year. Um, People are holding on to their properties, uh, some of them, and um, some of them have, uh, are just concerned watching interest rates and watching what's gonna happen. So it's a whole source of things, but the supply is definitely down. Yeah. And is that maybe helping these cap rates not move up as much because there's less supply? Sure. I mean, supply and demand, uh, that will help sustain a lower cap rate as well. Um, And the the main uh, surplus that we're seeing, or the main supply, I should say, is in your uh, dollar stores, your Starbucks, uh, some of your QSRs who are still expanding. So there is a lot of that out there, but it's all pretty pricey. Yeah, yeah. And and let's talk about some of the trends. You talked about uh, some of these tenants mm-hmm. expanding. What are some of the trends you see uh, in these tenants uh, around the country? Well, I, I did do a little um, research and I'll share a couple things. Um, we're seeing that decidedly cap rates and interest rates are, are really a, a factor here. And we're also seeing that um, 
some uh, places in the net lease space um, are getting uh, are staying stagnant because the retail shopping experience in malls and so forth and standalone retail is increasing post uh, COVID. People are wanting to get out, so we're seeing a whole shift from uh, internet to people walking on into the stores, and we're going to continue to see see that as well. Um, some of the large um, retailers are also constricting, closing some of their stores, their big stores, and they're also uh, opening smaller pop-up or stand standalone stores that are smaller, uh, so that they their overhead and so forth is lower. And we're also seeing that um, there are a ton of QSR brands, quick service restaurant brands, that are combining brands such you've probably seen KFC and um, uh, Taco Bell together. You're going to see Focus Brands bringing two or three of their brands together under one roof as well. So we'll see some more of that. And um, the QSR, uh, number of QSRs out there, I read something the other day, we're at a 25-year low in the number of QSRs out in the market. So there are some that are dark now, but uh, it used to be a labor shortage problem during COVID, and that's lifting as well. So it was just kind of a broad landscape of things that are happening. Yeah, and and most of you listeners may know Nancy Miller, but she's been doing the single tenant net lease investment sales for, uh, let's just call it 20 years. That's long enough, right? That's, we'll just, that's let's long leave enough. It, leave it 20 that's years. Right. That's right. Um, and you do a survey each year. Mm-hmm. You, you just done mm-hmm. a, put out a mm-hmm. survey, and when you, when you surveyed uh, investors uh, who own a lot of single-tenant net lease properties, what did they tell you on their sentiment about interest rates moving forward? Um, they are optimistic and say that they will gradually this year level out at, towards the end of the year. And and those guys have a pretty good crystal ball. Yeah. So we'll yeah. Yeah. What about when your question about how they're sourcing and finding um, single-tenant net lease investment properties, what was their their favorite source we did give them a range of different things from loop net co-star and so forth but they all to a person so far in the were preliminarily said their best finding of properties was through a broker yeah well that's good for us brokers <laughs> and, and, and i may add why if i may yeah, yeah. um the broker sees things that are on and off the market um, a lot of brokers know when someone's that they've talked to may be selling something. They also know uh, where some of the developers are going to be and so forth. So a broker, a good broker, knows where uh, to go to look under the rocks to find good things where uh, you won't always see that in your listing services and so forth. Yeah. And, and the devil's in the details, right? So I think a good experienced broker and a specialty can help you in a lot of ways, not just finding the property. That's right. Well, um, before I let you go, what would be some tips you would give potential sellers of properties uh, in the current market? I would tell a seller to uh, research with their broker uh, very well and come out with a price that is they think is, is defendable, if you will, in this market. Don't give it away and don't overprice it if you're serious about it. Um, you have to work with a good broker um, who knows how to put that property on the market properly, get it exposed. Um, they have to know how to handle inquiries and know how to flush out tire kickers versus real buyers and those kinds of things. Um, and also be able to direct the seller into not making a decision that might hurt them that 
we know uh, that that they could give away the store when they don't have to just because it's a a little bit uh, the market's tough right now but yeah. sellers should be hold just listen to their broker all right let's go to the other way uh what are some tips for single tenant net lease investment buyers today uh buyers should just be out there make offers see what the market will do we don't know i somebody will say to me i want to make this offer what do you think and i said i would tell them in the past i don't know and now today i'll say let's try it and see so I think that they have to also be ready and prepared because we have a lot of cash buyers out there that a buyer who's going to finance, they have to make sure they have enough money to put down. They have to make sure that they're uh, seeking the right size of property in terms of purchase price because if I can only put 20% down on a property, I know I won't get financed. So I also suggest that people who are financing go and meet with or talk with lenders up front and be ready to go uh, so that when they do the financing, they can also compress the due diligence period because a seller today doesn't want a 45-day or a 60-day due diligence period. A seller wants to get the property out and sold fairly quickly, and the buyer can do that if they do their homework up front. Yeah, good tips. Um, I was interviewed on a show recently and and uh, the guy asked me so michael you've been doing this for 35 years you've closed uh, seven billion in transactions throughout your career what's the most biggest mistake that you've seen investors make and it kind of and i thought that through i mm -hmm. thought wow you know that is an interesting question and when i thought it through you know being in the business so long you know commercial real estate is is usually a long-term hold it's a long-term mm -hmm. investment mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so i think the biggest mistake i've seen is people miss out on acquisition opportunities because of the price de jour because mm -hmm. of the mm -hmm. current interest rate or they thought oh i'm paying mm -hmm. a little bit too much so i'm not going to do it mm -hmm. and then you turn around in 5 10 15 years and wow mm -hmm. that little difference didn't make a difference and you maybe a miss out on That's opportunity right. Uh, and when you look at the current market, you know, if there's less buyer competition, if some of the rookies who didn't have much cash, they had to finance everything they could are mm -hmm. out of the market. Mm -hmm. Now it's time for the players and the time for the real investors mm -hmm. to come out and go, all right, well, maybe I get a better price per square foot, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. I'm going to own this long term. Mm -hmm. Nancy, what would be your, your final thought on the single tenant in that lease market uh, for our listeners in 2023? I would, I would say I echo what you just said about look at the long-term horizon. Also look at the tax opportunities mm -hmm. that you have between being able to do a 1031 and de depreciate uh, depreciation as well, but you can defer taxes, you can depreciate. And if you have a property that you've owned for a long time and you're almost done with your depreciation schedule, now may be the time to consider uh, selling it so you can start a new depreciation schedule going forward and I don't know if the current uh, administration is going to do anything with 1031 like we heard a couple years ago. So I would just say don't sit there forever if you think you're going to do a 1031, do it sooner versus later. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, we had uh, somebody ask us yesterday, is this a good time to sell? And, you know, I'm like, well, the answer to that is really involving you, right? Mm -hmm. and, and you're, how long's the lease term? Mm -hmm. When's your loan mature? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. what do you need to diversify? You know, mm -hmm. are you trying to build net worth? Are you trying to build cash flow? Mm -hmm. Are you trying to create some safety in your portfolio? Mm -hmm. So I think just looking at the interest rates and think, oh, mm -hmm. they're too high. Well, mm -hmm. look, they're more historic levels. If you look mm -hmm. back through mm -hmm. history, 
Mm-hmm. It's like I remember a lot of times in my career, like, oh, I could get a 7% interest rate loan. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, that's fantastic. Well, you bring up something that I'll share. Mm-hmm. I bought from a company by mm-hmm. the name of Bull Realty <laughs> about uh, 20 years ago, uh, a multi-tenant apartment mm-hmm. building in midtown Atlanta. And I paid 400000 odd dollars for it. I decided I was tired of that, and I continued to move into net lease properties myself. I got my partner to agree. We sold it uh, for well over a million dollars. So my annual cash flow, as an example on that, when all was said and done, might have been $20,000 a year. And we took our proceeds, which we basically owned it for cash. You know what I bought? I bought a family dollar, dollar general. And you know what cap rate I paid? I paid a 4.9% cap rate. Was that a lot? Was that a low cap rate? Yes. Why did I pay it? I have uh, now my net out of after paying debt service on my loan, my net went from twenty thousand personally to fifty thousand, and I don't have to answer any calls for toilets, <laughs> for leaks, for anything. So I'm what they call a very happy. I uh, replaced my uh, plunger for a lazy boy. So that's an example of of what this does for you. I love that. And I think uh, the single tenant net lease investment world is so uh, open for uh, diversification, Mm -hmm. right? You can do Mm -hmm. medical, you can do restaurant, you can do auto related, Mm -hmm. you can diversify geographically. Mm -hmm. um, And if you've got properties with some equity, Mm -hmm. uh, the world's your oyster to improve your situation. Mm -hmm. Well, Nancy, Mm -hmm. great information. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Enjoyed it. All right. Thank you for joining us around the country. Please let us know what you think and please share the show. Please reach out to us if I can help you in any way. My contact is michael at bullrealty.com. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Appreciate the show? Consider referring business or doing business with our sponsors. Bull Realty is a commercial real estate sales, leasing, and advisory firm doing business throughout the Southeast, headquartered in Atlanta. Visit bullrealty.com for more information. Commercial Agent Success Strategies provides video training for commercial agents. This training gets five-star reviews from even the most experienced brokers. Learn more at commercialagentsuccess.com. You're invited to connect with us on your favorite social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Be sure and subscribe to the show on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And at the show website, CREshow.com, you can subscribe for a weekly email announcing the show topic and guest. While you're there, you also found more videos and podcasts. Thank you for watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show.